You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. About five years ago, the staff at the Doubletree Hotel in Portland saw that customers were becoming more interested in sustainable travel and meetings. At the time, the hotel had a linen reuse program and it recycled, but it didn't have a single formal sustainability initiative or vision. Since then, the hotel has transformed itself into a facility with an extensive composting program, a subsidized employee commuter plan, and environmental purchasing policy. The Portland Doubletree also buys renewable energy, performs an ongoing energy and water efficiency retrofit, and is now one of two Greensill certified lodging properties in Portland. General Manager Steve Falstick recently sat down with Green Biz Radio and contributing writer Sarah Feister-Gale to talk about the hotel sustainability initiative and how it has reduced employee turnover, generated business, and improved its bottom line. So maybe we can just start by um you telling me a little bit about your role at the hotel, and then we will go into talking about some of the green or sustainable efforts that you guys have put in place. Okay. Um, I'm currently the general manager of the hotel, mm-hmm. um, and I have been in that position for uh, three and a half years. Okay. Uh, prior to that, I was director of operations at the hotel, um, dating back uh, four years prior to that. So I've been at the ho- hotel, all told, for just over eight years. Wow, that's great. And when did the hotel first start looking at sustainable approaches to its facilities management? Yeah, I, I think as far as a real intentional look, Sarah, that, that's a great question because, first of all, we're in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of natural elements in place already. Right. Um, I, I think really the gen- genesis of it, though, for us was – we saw an increasing amount of requests from customers really? as it related to sustainable meetings or sustainable travel. I'll just kind of give you the technicalities of that. Essentially, when a, when a, when a convention or a group wants to do business with us, uh-huh. they'll send us what's called an RFP, Request for Proposal, and they will, you know, how many rooms do you have, what kind of meeting space, tell us about your restaurants, you know, ensuring that we meet all of their, you know, criteria. Sure. Well, what started popping up is we saw a lot saying, what are your sustainability initiatives? And one of our key sales managers and I kind of started working our way through that and kind of, you know, the light kind of went on at the same time that said, you know, all these things that we're talking about are becoming more and more in demand from our customers. Right. Uh, and that really is kind of how it started. So it was it was uh, customer curiosity. <laughs> And when did you start seeing these kinds of requests? Uh, back in about 2002, 2003. Okay. So I'm guessing at that point you didn't have any formal sustainability initiatives going on. We, we, we had initiatives going on, but they weren't, you know, part of, a, part of the plan, if that makes sense. So, for example, Portland is, has got probably the best recycling program in the United States, so we were doing that. Okay. Um, you know, the... Double Tree Hotels had the uh, linen reuse program, so we were doing that. But yeah, it was just random, you know, things that were out there, and they weren't really part of a focused uh, uh, of, the, of the focused cause that we have now with sustainability. So, how did you go from random Portland's offering it, so we'll just do it kinds of projects to a more formal approach to sustainability? 
Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. Really, you know, as we and I think a lot of companies uh, today face the same thing is we wanted to be out there and talk about being sustainable and green, but there was really no um, description of that mm-hmm. our industry. So what we tried to do early on is um, identify us with a, a credible organization that could uh, that we could be certified with. Okay. That makes sense. So sure. we we realized there wasn't much out there in the terms of hotels. There's there's you know some some for profit organizations that we didn't want to do. So and we came across Green Seal. Okay. And Green Seal, are you familiar with them? I am. So Green Seal was an organization that wasn't that dabbled a little bit in hotels, but was really a lot into manufacturing. And um, but when we looked at their criteria, we realized that this would be something that we could hang our hat on and say, okay, here's something we can be out there and talk and resonate with customers and say, yeah, we're green, we're sustainable, and here's how we prove that we're Green Seal certified. Okay, and it, at that time, did they have a certification for hotels? Yeah, actually, they did. Uh, primarily, the hotels were um, in the Northeast, uh, as well as a lot of, um, like the national parks. Several national park hotels had had aligned themselves with Green Seal. Okay. Go Certainly ahead. not in the mainstream lodging industry. Right. So you reached out to them, and and how did that process take place? Well. First of all, it's a it's a, an incredibly credible organization because it's not a certification that you can buy, or you know influence uh, because of you know who you are or what company you work for. Right. Uh, a very credible not not for profit, and and essentially what happened is we we approached them and they talked to us and they gave us a three ring notebook binder um, full of the elements that needed to take place for us to be certified. Okay. We looked at that and we realized, wow, there's. it was a good educational process as well, Sarah, because we realized that there was so much stuff that we were already doing. Really? But there was, there was a, whole, uh, a whole new frontier, if you will, of, of things that we could or should be doing. Okay. And this so, was a real scientific approach to that. Okay. So you took this binder... And did you just go through it one by one and and make all the changes? Did you identify those low-hanging fruit to get started with? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, again, they had their minimum criteria in which to meet it. So we took it on as, and, again, our, our you know, it's interesting as I look back at it because it, uh, the culture of the hotel has played such an important part of that and really our approach. So we, we never approached this as, you know, our instruction manual to get to the pot of gold, right. if you will. We approach it as we it fits our our culture of wanting to be a responsible uh, business of um, and and we realized all the initiatives that were being spoken of there had had tremendous value of which several the side effect was going to be more revenues or less profit but we didn't approach it that way we just approached it as the, the sensible business practices to uh, to take on. Okay. Let's let's start by talking about the things that you discovered you already were doing. You well, said you we already had a, a very comprehensive recycling program, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that was the big of us. I mean, we we had a a recycling list, um, you know, of about sixteen different things that we could recycle within the city of Portland. That was a big one, and that was one that we found was a big step, and it was also something that resonated. Um, 
you know, quite well with with customers and employees. Okay. So I think really as we talk about the low-hanging fruit, that was it. And then we had a lot of things, you know, as it related to energy. There was, an ener- you know, the energy crisis back in 2000 caused us to evaluate a lot of our operational practices right. around water, electricity, and, and gas usage. Right. So what were you doing to reserve energy, conserve energy? Yeah, conserve, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We were... Um, we have a property energy system that we put in for um, that was able to be maintained from a main computer. So we were able to to uh, have a centralized control, thus allowing us to shut off wings of the hotel at a time when groups were in uh, practices along those lines. Okay. Water, from a water conservation standpoint, same type practices. We we anytime we had to replace a toilet or a shower head, we we replaced it with the uh you know a low flow toilet or a um one or a two two gallon uh, per minute shower head okay okay and again we did those at the time sarah because you know a the technology was out there and b it was you know would would save us money great and and so you i first i'm guessing identified those things you were already doing with the certification process what did you begin with that you hadn't already accomplished? Um, I think formalized training was probably the big, uh, really? you know, a huge a huge piece of that. Why was and that then, a huge piece of it? Well, I think we realized that, again, going back to this culture piece, sustainability, we realized quickly, doesn't happen because we have one passionate person to make it happen. It, it, it You really don't have a sustainable culture unless every person in, is engaged and involved. From myself you know, in, in throughout the entire um, organization, 250 employees that have the same spirit and energy behind uh, being a sustainable organization. So how did you help get them on board? What, what kind of formalized training did you deliver? Well, as we, you know, again, having going through GreenSale, as we did that, it involved a lot of... Um, engagement from our from our staff but really what we try to do is resonate with them that again going back to the um, being a responsible business that we educated them and trained them on the things that we found that the the reason behind sustainability has got a depth of value to it that that's going to influence our customer it's going to influence the environment it's going to influence our bottom line it's going to influence their quality of of life uh, in, in their workplace, so you know, getting resonating with them at many many levels of of why we were doing that, and and in doing so, we found that we quickly had a a, a really excited core, you know, who this was an important initiative to that really got behind what we were doing and and, and helped drive it forward, and we created a green team, uh, which was a committee of of uh, you know individuals from each department for many different departments that, you know, could kind of help lead that charge for us. Okay, okay. And so once the training was delivered and once you had identified that core group of people who were excited about it, where did you take it from there? Um, We, again, finding out new things uh, at all times. One of the key measures that we did is is that we identified our carbon footprint um, to kind of create the baseline and saying, okay, as an organization, where are we at? And in doing so, it helped certainly educate ourselves, but it also helped us in 
in uh, being able to goal set and really being able to see what kind of impact all of these operational practices that we were doing um, was able to have. And how did you go about getting your carbon footprint? We had an organization uh, actually come in and do it, a, a, a credible environmental organization that is the, uh, uh, the Climate Trust. Uh, and they actually uh, did that part for education, but also for us to be able to create a, a carbon calculator for our property. We we offer uh, carbon. We offer groups and individuals the opportunity to offset their their travel or their convention in the hotel. Really? Yeah. And do you get a lot of positive feedback from that? We've gotten some very good feedback. We've gotten you know kind of minimal reception. I, I think unfortunately, Sarah the there's been a lot of bad press out there about carbon offsets in the last six or eight months. Right. Um, however, the Climate Trust is, is, in our opinion, the most credible organization that is out there. And it is, you know, they've got the great bookkeeping and accountability that talks about where those offset dollars truly go to. And, and we're confident that it's the right organization uh, to be partnered with. So as more education gets out there, and uh, quite honestly, as other you know, green poser uh, offset companies go away um, or or fix their act that, right. you know, we're, we're, we're going to find that we are already aligned with one of the best out there. Okay, okay. Now, going back, when you had completed your carbon footprint, was there anything that surprised you about it? Um, yeah, we found that we were one of the highest you, uh, water consumers in the city of Portland as far as large businesses. Wow. Yeah. And was that did that help you identify water consumption as a area to improve in? Absolutely, yeah. And again, this is, you know, part of the working in Portland. There's there's so many agencies and organizations that help. So the Water Bureau literally uh, partnered with us to um and and this was part of the the uh Establishing our carbon footprint mm -hmm. was, you know, approaching and looking our water consumption numbers over the years, and thusly contacted the Water Bureau, and they said, "Yeah, you guys are actually one of the highest consumers out there, and not in a, you know, some ridiculous way, but a lot higher than we should have been." Okay. So they partnered with us and said, "Hey, here's several initiatives that we can help you with." They gave us um, uh, diverters for us to be able to. to just a little plastic piece to be able to put in our toilet, existing toilets, without completely retrofitting them, uh -huh. that was able to save, you know, half a gallon per flush on each toilet. Wow. They gave us uh, aerators for the, didn't give us, but found very cheaply for us, aerators for all of our sinks to be able to impact the flow of that. And so, you know, through think, through processes like that, we've seen tremendous savings already. So what's the lesson there? Were you were you surprised that the water bureau was so helpful? We were. And I and honestly that's that's the lesson, Sarah. I mean, this is the aggravating, frustrating thing for me is you know, the the um the assumption that's out there is it's gonna cost a lot of money to retrofit or to buy new equipment and I'm completely on my own. And I think in almost any uh any city, state, township that there is, there are resources out there, and there there uh, there are areas that you can turn to for help, both in the knowledge and education standpoint, and in grants and subsidies and and uh, things of that of that sort. Okay. So, and, and again, I think the interesting piece 
is we don't have, um, we're not spending millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars on new boilers and, and cooling units and, and things that you see a lot in um, lead construction. And right. um, we just don't have those resources available to us. And yet, we're able to have a tremendous impact just by, you know, changing the you know, the glasses that we look through at, uh, at, at our level. Okay, okay. That's, that's, I think, a good lesson for people to, to yeah. hear, that it doesn't take a million dollars to make these changes. No, there's so much. It's nice to have those big changes. Don't get me wrong, and that's the next horizon for us. But even without that, you know, there's, there's operational practices that you can do, and there's partnerships and grants that you can work with to, to get... Uh, uh, you know, to, to to have good partnerships. So what other changes have you made besides the water? We began a, uh, and again, a lot of what we're doing is the first, and that's the exciting part from a, from a PR and a marketing standpoint. But we adopted the, uh, uh, Portland was working on a, uh, a compost program. Mm-hmm. So a, compi- a comprehensive compost program that's been huge for us and essentially the premise of it is is they found a, a, an organization that can compost um, all food products, not just, you know, garden right. waste, also proteins. Wow. Um, and so we are now, um, you know, our, our landfill diversion program has uh, seen us divert 17 tons a month. Wow. Of, that goes just to compost. That's great. It, it is fantastic. And again, the... Well, it's going to cost money. It costs us a little bit of money to retrofit one of our compactors, but we pay $90 or $95 a ton for garbage to be removed, and we pay $60 a ton for compost to be removed. Really? So if you don't believe in composting and you don't believe it's helping the environment, that's great, but at least be a smart businessman and realize you're going to save $35 a, a haul or a ton to go to the program. That's great. That's a great example of cost savings. Yeah. And now, when you say you have a, a compost program, you don't have a giant heap of garbage rotting behind your hotel. I no, guess. we have a big dumpster uh-huh. that is picked up, you know, pretty, you know, twice a week, once a week, depending on how much is in there. And then we have a compost, you know, big 55-gallon plastic garbage cans that are provided by the city, mind you, uh-huh. that are in each department in each area. And yeah, it's a it's a real simple program. Okay. Any other changes or lessons learned that you, that you think are noteworthy? Well, we did a lot. You know, we, we switched uh, to compact fluorescent light bulbs, as an example. Um, Low-flow toilets we're in the process of changing to. You know, the shower heads. All these things, the easy thing to say is, well, it costs money. Well, yeah, it costs money. But the reality is the payback, the ROI, for all of those, for us, were, were um, enjoyed in within year one. Really? Yeah. What about cleaning supplies, chemicals to to use, or or the way that you clean your facility? Uh, that's that's a big one, and that certainly, as it relates to Green Seal, was a was a uh, a big one for them, and that's an area that they're b- big into. But we it took a lot to re to source, <clears throat> you know, low VOC or or low toxic or or chemicals that were low in toxins. Um, we met a lot of resistance from our existing providers. And again, it was really an education process. Uh, but in the end, we were able to find quality products that uh, were both cost-effective and met the needs of 
um, from a cleaning standpoint, and obviously from an environmental standpoint, we're then much friendlier. Okay. So it took, go ahead. It took a little bit of work. It took, you know, I had to roll up our sleeves and do a lot of research and um, and find that. But but here's the good part of that story is, is uh, and I wouldn't use their name, but Ecolab is who we were working with. Mm-hmm. And when we approached them saying, hey, we need this, this, and this, and it needs to be, you know, free of toxins and, and low VOC and uh, all of these things, they said, well, we just, it, you know, it's not something we have. And three years later, they have it. And really? they're pushing us to to uh, get it. And, and the reality is three years ago they had it as well, but their organization didn't communicate throughout the field. Right. So when you say it was an education process, it was as much educating your provider as it Absolutely. was educating through, yourself. Through the supply chain, uh, you know, we've, we've had to educate, as I talked about. Well, first of all, we had to get educated. <laughs> right. And we've had to educate our employees. We've had to educate our customers. And we've had to educate our supply chain. I don't mean have to, like we're some, you know, noble royal <laughs> entity. But, you know, if you're going to do all this stuff, why would you do it and then not educate your customers? Right. Inform your customers. And why would you not, you know, demand this out of your suppliers so they ultimately have to change the way they do business as well? And suppliers are suppliers. They'll supply whatever it is you want in the end. So it's having... You know, if there's enough companies and hotels doing that, they're going to, you know, they're going to change their colors uh, without much of a fight. Right. They just need to see the demand. Yeah. And provided at a, you know, cost structure that makes sense. Right. Was there anything you weren't able to accomplish? Any roadblocks you couldn't get past? Boy, I wish I could say there was. Mm-hmm. You know, the, <laughs> the, uh, I, I, I would say the short answer is no. There's many initiatives that are out there, and again, the, the frustrating or the, what can be frustrating is you're never going to be there. You'll you'll never be completely sustainable. It truly is a journey and a path. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of initiatives out there. You know, the next horizon for us is uh, putting in finding a green roof uh, product, uh, putting in bioswales on the property, heading down the path of becoming lead certified from an existing building standpoint. So really, I guess the answer would be money. <laughs> money is the answer to that. But um, you know, we're 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 confident that we can overcome any operational roadblock as it relates to sustainability. Okay. Okay. Can you have you um, measured your impact? Do you have numbers to support what your changes have accomplished? Um, we do, and actually, we're we are working to to better. Um, to better quantify that, mm-hmm. uh, but some of the some of the things out there that we've done, and, and again, we we've just touched the surface of the things that we're doing. I mean, we buy uh, renewable energy, um, we subsidize employee transportation. Uh, we've got a lot of other great things going on, um, but some of the fun ones are um, a savings of four hundred thousand gallons of water through our water. Um, savings measures. Okay, and that's over how much time? Uh, annually. Uh, a big one for us, and I think it's it's one that's a, a real tangible goal, but we've gone from a diversion rate of about 20% five years ago uh-huh. to um, about 75%. Really? So our total waste of the hotel uh, 
uh, is now at about 75% diversion from landfills. So between recycling, uh, reduction in use, uh, compost program, we've we've seen a just a tremendous tremendous diversion from uh, from landfills. What advice would you have for other companies, whether it's a hotel or another kind of business, on how to get started with this, how not to get overwhelmed? Well, I think first and foremost, it is it, it really has to start at the top. And when I say that, Sarah, it's not about my ego or me, but any or and I think any anywhere you look on sustainable stories will say the same thing. You have to have investment and ownership from the top. Do you find that there are places where you've saved money by by implementing these initiatives? Oh, there's very few. Yeah, I, I mean, there's very few that we we haven't saved money. So, you know, we when you address um, utilities programs and savings, you know, it's an it, we are spending less on utilities than we did four years ago. And wow. we spent a lot on it. I mean, we'll spend, you know, three-quarters of a million this year on utilities. Um, so as, and, as energy costs go up, your costs are going down. Yeah, yeah, very clearly. That's great. That's a great example. Yeah. So, um, we're seeing a, a, a big reduction. This is one of the exciting ones. We're seeing a big reduction in employee turnover. Really? We, and you, yeah. you attribute that to your sustainability efforts? A big portion of it, yeah. And again, it goes back to that culture. You know, we were our employees last year voted us as one of the top 100 places to work in the state, and we were the only hospitality organization in there. Really? You know, people feel employees feel part of something. Do you going back to your energy costs? You say you're spending three quarters of a million dollars on utilities this year. Mm -hmm. What did you mm -hmm. spend five years ago? Uh, about that same number. And, and again, you know, the con you know, realize that not only, you know, the economy has changed from five years ago, but our our business level has dramatically changed as well. So we're not only overcoming the obstacles of, or the the price increases, but we're also, you know, an increased number of customers that are through the hotel. So okay, so you have more customers. So uh, presumably using the same or that, a larger amount of energy, but your energy costs are less Correct. because of the initiatives. Yep. Where, again, going back to advice to other businesses, where do they start? Where, If you've never implemented a sustainable initiative in your business, if you're ready to change everything, but you're not sure what to do, right? where do you begin? Um, and you're saying in our industry, Sarah? It could be in, in hospitality or any any other business owner looking to reduce their I, energy I think use. Check, your, check with your industry experts, if that makes sense. You know, so for us, it's 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 state or national um, hotel organizations, associations, um, because I, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to think there's an industry out there that doesn't have, you know sustainable initiatives that are out there. I think it's meeting or talking to your local government mm -hmm. um, and, and seeing and understanding what type of, of measures or initiatives they have. And a lot of times, it's not only will they give you the, the knowledge, but they'll also, there's just a tremendous amount of monies available through through grants and subsidies and and uh, tax uh, deferrals that, that you know, can, can help offset any upfront cost to you. What kinds of, of grants, 
subsidies or tax referrals did you benefit from? We've had, uh, you know, our we have an organization uh, called the Energy Trust mm-hmm. that, um, you know, pr- and essentially to let you know how it works, it's a, a small portion of everyone's utility bill in the state. I mean, a very, very small portion goes into this, what's called the Energy Trust, mm-hmm. and then they subsidize projects throughout the state that are going to, you know, help reduce energy consumption. Okay. So, for example, our compact fluorescent light bulbs, um, they, you know, one phase of it cost us, you know, the the cost of it was $22,000, and they ended up subsidizing about 15000 of it. Wow. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, this is an excellent story, Steve, and I appreciate you sharing it with me. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.